Beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. And if you see her in your dreams, be sure you never, ever scream, or she'll rip your tongue out by the seam. This is the NPC Graveyard, I'm the NPC, and it is horror time. Today's show comes as a request from a longtime listener. Hey there, Joey! While we're on the subject, please stop sending me requests via Carrier Pigeon, trained to use daggers. I'd super appreciate it. Alright, today we're going to examine one of Juan Wenel's earlier works, Dead Silence. I love these two guys. The work they did in the 2000s, in my opinion, helped revitalize the horror field. Other people were remaking and rebooting older films, but these two came along with their two guys logged in a bathroom philosophy and made quite a few films that were filled with as much fear as well as rich mise-en-scene. Spoilers to follow? All right, that's enough fanboying, let's go. Dead Silence begins with Jamie and his wife, Lisa, and they find a mysterious package on their doorstep. It contained a ventriloquist dummy, which reminded Lisa of the legend of Mary Shaw, an old woman from their hometown who became a popular ghost story. While Jamie is out, Lisa is murdered by the puppet, who rips her tongue right out of her mouth. The detective in charge of the case immediately suspects suspects. He suspected Jamie. He suspects Jamie, going as far as following him back to his hometown for his wife's funeral. Jamie learns that the puppet he was sent was one of Mary Shaw's creations, who was supposed to be buried with her. He attempts to rebury the doll and try to appease her, only to find the detective taking it back as evidence. Mary's spirit becomes more active, she kills anyone who tries to warn Jamie about her, before luring him to the old theater house where she lived. After an uneasy alliance is formed, Jamie and the detective search through the theater house, trying to find evidence of Mary's ghost. The two eventually find that every one of the puppets had been returned there, and attempt to destroy them all so that Mary will no longer have any kind of vessel connecting her vengeful spirit to the world of the living. Okay, so if you're with me so far, you've probably guessed that I'm a fan of this film. I remember having to walk past movie posters of it at a rent TV... Yeah, yeah I, I know it's going to sound old. But I walked past posters of it at a DVD rental store on my way to get groceries. That's how old I am. I remember the rental stores. Not actually Blockbuster, though. I never actually got into Blockbuster... It was always more of like the smaller ones that you see on like the side of the road. They have a little more ambience to it. Maybe it's just because I just love the horror aesthetic. But anyway, the poster was creepy as hell, but sadly I didn't get to experience it until a few years later. There has been no lack of production when it comes to creepy dolls and horror, but Dead Silence took it to the next level. Released in 2007, 
the film has a few aesthetics that I really liked. The highest was Mary Shaw herself, a graceful older woman with bony hands that almost looked like claws. She was still, nonetheless, able to use those hands to create and perform with intricately made ventriloquist dummies. Wearing a more modest Morticia Adams-style dress, she almost seemed to glide across the stage as if she were floating midair. Her goal in life was to create the most perfect and realistic-looking doll that anyone had ever seen. In her obsession, she even went as far as to have it written in her will that she would be turned into a puppet after she died. Perfectly pale, with eyes wide open and her mouth wired into a, in a, yeah, into a mechanical jaw, she would become an amazingly creepy sight to behold. Let's reverse a little bit because we've gotten ahead of ourselves. One fateful night, while she was still alive, a boy interrupted her performance. She shut him down with her extraordinary ventriloquism, but he disappeared soon after. The town knew that she had to be the one at fault, but with no proof, all they could do was rally a mob and invade her home. Nice piece of advice here, don't form mobs, don't go killing people. It never works out. They cut out her tongue so that she would never be able to bring life to her creations again and the old woman ended up bleeding to death before she could get any help. One by one, the men who were in the mob were killed, along with their families. Each were found with their tongues ripped out, but positioned in their homes as if they were about to have their picture taken. Thus created the urban legend that children would sing to one another in the form of a poem. I will say this for the film. It had a good vintage style to it. Jamie was sent away by his father to avoid the curse, and Lisa followed him, both ignorant to the sinister truth of their town. Over the years, everyone who was involved were slowly killed off, while the rest of the town stayed silent, happy just to be left alive. And if that isn't the perfect story setup, I don't know what is. The final remnants of the angry mob are, well, final remnants of the family. This is literally the sins of Jamie's grandfather. We're just himself and his father. Or so we think. Early on in the film, Lisa reveals to the audience that she is pregnant. Mary uses the doll that was sent to them in order to kill her and lure Jamie back to their hometown, where her power is at its peak. Our emotional protagonist visits his rich father, to find him in a wheelchair bound by a stroke, being cared for by his third young wife. He refuses to stay in his childhood home, even more infuriated by the fact that his father won't talk about the apparent curse upon the town. It's through a local mortician, Henry, and his wife Marion, that Jamie actually gets any information about what's going on. Henry's guilt over having to bury so many of his neighbors finally beats out his fear. He reveals Mary's history and is subsequently killed for it when Mary tricks him into screaming before her. And that's exactly how each victim is killed. Mary's ghost scares them and, once their mouth opens wide in a scream, she rips their tongues out so hard that their teeth go flying out of their dislocated jaw. 
Each tongue she steals becomes part of a long, snake-like chain that she can use to copy their voices in order to deceive fresh victims that they're talking to one of their friends. Alright, let's go into some of the solid horror themes happening in this movie. As the quote goes, If you're scared of a horror movie, don't close your eyes, close your ears. Now, in most cases, this is what you do, but not in Dead Silence. Acting in the complete opposite, the descent of Mary Shaw isn't accompanied by shrill violins, but by total silence. Yes, we know that the antagonist is close because the background sound actually fades away. It really is a good idea, going against the grind. A screaming tea whistle and the loud ticking of a clock fading away to nothing makes the victim's heart race without an angry ghost having to do anything else so far. Almost like seizing an entree before cooking it, which makes it so much easier for Mary to force her victim's scream. The second is a personal favorite of mine, no matter how it's presented. Before the characters are even aware, Mary is constantly observing them through one puppet or another. In the background, or even just to the side of the shot, the puppet's eye will twitch, or its head will slightly turn. Of course, the action is so subtle that the characters will usually miss it, or dismiss it as a trick of the light. What's great is when a movie can do it to the audience as well. Anytime the audience becomes accustomed to one of these themes, they find themselves moving forward in their seats out of curiosity, or slinking back into the cushions out of fear. And of course, we can't have this movie without talking about the detective. Especially with the suit under the trench coat, it almost feels like we're looking at an alternate version of Castiel from Supernatural. It's actually more fun to think of him that way, especially when he's more or less the comedic relief of the movie. He believes that Jamie is most likely the one who murdered his wife. Thus, he's always passive-aggressively attacking him with sarcasm throughout the entire film. And for whatever reason, he's plagued with the most annoying perpetual five o'clock shadow that I've ever seen. The man carries around a chargeable shaver, constantly turning it on to groom himself while trying to make a point. It's a weird mixture of funny and infuriating that almost made me want to strangle him for having that constant buzzing sound while I was trying to listen to him talk. Alright. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. As I mentioned before, Dead Silence gets a good review for a good movie. And I will say that the ending confused me a little bit the first time I watched it, because it had its own weird Inception-like twist. But that's really the only flaw I can find, and I can forgive that. Thanks for tuning in. Don't antagonize eccentric people, and welcome to the graveyard.